Have you ever thought about your life? Huh? Oh, well, it's for school. I mean, if you had to write about it, what would you say? Okay, time for a meaningful father-son exchange here. A thoughtful summing up. I get up at five in the morning. I fight traffic. I bust my hump all day. I fight traffic again. And I come home. Then I pay my taxes. The end. In a way, it kind of made you feel like you knew the guy. All right, thanks for joining us on another episode of the Kentucky Dad Podcast brought to you by SB Nations, the Sea of Blue. I'm Big Blue Drew, so looking forward to this one. Got someone that I really don't know much about, so kind of excited to introduce him a little bit. But before I do that, if you haven't listened to the last Cats by 90 podcast, you might want to go back and check that out. Aaron Gershon of Big Blue Insider did a really good job with like a SEC East preview on the football side. It's kind of a quick listen to, so if you're interested excited about some football check that one out i think we're on about episode 12 now of the kentucky dad podcast so time is a flying things are hopefully getting a little better on the coronavirus side and just optimism in general but today so we have again someone i'm excited about a friend of the show travis graft um co-host on the cat scam podcast kaylin harris so thanks for coming on kaylin yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to be guest number 12. I've been a big fan of the Kentucky Dad podcast, so appreciate it, my friend. Well, now I feel really bad. It's almost like I ranked you like 12th, like you were my 12th call-up. <laughs> um, and even worse, I'll follow that up with the fact that like I don't know much about you at all. So I was excited about this one because pretty much everyone else was either pretty close friend of mine or you know, a member of the media that you kind of feel like you know through their work. So I'm pumped about that. And I guess we can start there, man. So again, Kalen Harris, he co-hosts the, um, the podcast, uh, Cat Scan with Travis Graff, our friend from Rivals. So I've been on that one. It's a lot of fun. Check that out. Um, but just tell me about you, man. I think Travis has mentioned to me before that you have some like cool ties to university or something. So the floor is yours, man. Yeah. So I'm from Eastern Kentucky originally, Prestonsburg. Um, don't know if you know anybody from there or not but uh there there are quite a few of us down in this area um played sports at high school baseball basketball football that good stuff um came down to school wasn't sure what i wanted to do um had an engineering scholarship but i knew i didn't want to be an engineer so couldn't really figure it out but i knew i missed the game um got asked to be a freshman coach um, at my high school whenever I was 19 years old. Um, I had been down to UK for a year. I was on the Dean's list, so grades were good, but I just didn't know what I wanted to do. So went back home for a year to community college uh, in Prestonsburg, um, coached the freshman team at Prestonsburg High School, loved it, knew I wanted to get back to Lexington. So I did that, um, went into um, – was going to be a, a – teacher basically I thought his coaching is what I want to do um, got fortunate enough to get a job at Lexington Catholic High School back when they were ranked top 10 in the country um, coached there two years on the varsity uh, then went to West Jessamine High School coached there for two years um, and then went to Asbury 
university and coached there for a couple of years. Um, so in the me, you know, in the process of doing all that, like anybody that knows me knows that I talk to every anybody and everybody. I probably drive people nuts, but um, I just. I got pretty deep into it um, in the year between when I was uh, coaching and uh, high school and then coaching at Asbury um, hooked up with some people that had a scouting service. So I went and did some, some scouting basketball, high school basketball scouting across the country. Um, so met a lot of people that way. I actually coached Tubby Smith's son uh, at Lexington Catholic. So had an open invitation. I always go to, you know, UK practices and that kind of stuff. So just networking, man, got to know a lot of people, uh, that way. And, uh, been a big, big fan ever since. I mean, I'm fortunate enough to be able to, you know, go to some practices, basketball, football here and there and, um, get to see some things. So yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm pretty blessed, man. That's cool, man. So I didn't realize any of that. I think, I feel like I just had talked to Travis about it briefly before, and I thought it was more like family connections. So I didn't realize your, your coaching um, genes were that strong. So that's cool. We'll talk more about that. But a couple of things first about where you're from. Number one, isn't Prestonburg's uh, Sunday best hometown? Yeah, man. That's two of my, two of my good buddies. Yep. Oh, dope. Okay, I'm really listening now. Man, that's that's super awesome. I know my wife and I are a big fan. When we lived in Florida, that was like good. Uh, remind us of the bluegrass music. So very cool. And then secondly, are you, you know, just kind of being where you're from, are you a big L.A. fan? Dude, I love L.A. Now, I'll tell you this, like here and here's the kind of the, you know, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon or, or whatever it is they say. Um a buddy of mine, I had started drinking L.A., right? I, I liked it. We didn't have it a lot growing up, even though it's Eastern Kentucky. It's I'm sure it's everywhere there now. But we didn't have it growing up. So when I came down here, that's really when I got into L.A. Started drinking it a lot. really liked it. Well, I had a friend group. I had multiple friend groups that didn't know each other. Um, one guy I'd gotten to be really good friends with was, you know, I was hanging out with him. He introduced me to some of his other friends. What turns out, my buddy Fielding, his uncle was L.A., owned L.A., like started L.A., all of it. And then when, when his uncle retired, he passed it over to my buddy Fielding. So my buddy Fielding is the president and CEO of L.A. <laughs> so oh, it's, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. So, you know, he used to use me all the time for like, uh, you know, hey, we're getting ready to put out a barbecue sauce. Tell me what you think about it, or a salsa, or you know, whatever it was. Um, we we're still friends, but we don't talk as much as we used to. Um, so I don't get those perks anymore. But yeah, big LA fan. Dope, dope. I'll answer that a little, I guess, shorter, and just say that, man, my journey with LA was like I'm a huge soda fanatic. Like it's my biggest vice. Like I'm trying to cut it right now. Like. Big, big soda fan, and I, I just slandered L.A. forever. I'm like, I know I'm from Kentucky. I just I can't get behind it. Ginger ale's crushing it. Like, always thought it had kind of a weird aftertaste. And to follow up on yours, too, like, it's kind of the opposite now. Like, I was doing a lot of fishing just over COVID, and I found myself over in eastern Kentucky a lot. And there's just, like, shrines of this stuff in every gas station. And uh, lastly, I'll just say that bottles. I like the bottles a lot, man. And I, oh, I just kind yeah. of, like, forced myself to drink it a lot when I was doing that uh, you know, over in that area of the state because I felt obligated. And it's grown on me, man. It's one of my go-tos now. And I'll say, uh, la very lastly, 
20 less calories than most 12 ounce sodas and at the quantity I drink, that's a good thing. <laughs> well, I used to always say uh, Diet Mountain Dew was the nectar of the gods. So uh, I know, man. People that like Diet Mountain Dew are just like very, very loyal to it. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff, man. I don't drink much anymore. It's like, you know, I can't. I've got too much energy and too hyper anyway. I, so I, I struggle to drink any of those things with a ton of caffeine. So it's not great. Well, all right, man. So let's go. Uh, we got to do TV dads first real quick. We usually start right off the bat with that. And then we'll get into a little bit, you know, just of your family makeup and kind of hear some stuff on that. I'll go first this week. Um, my daughter, I'm so excited about this. I've kind of got her piqued her interest in the show, The Wonder Years. So oh, yeah. follow the, the Kentucky Dad Pod at Kentucky Dad Pod on Twitter. Um, I put Jack Arnold this week up there and they feel like he was a little misunderstood. I watched that show growing up and he even scared me. I mean, obviously mega hard ass, but you know, watching the show, he means, he means well. And I find a lot of myself in him too, man. Cause he's like the type that comes home, you know, sometimes throws his briefcase on the counter. Everyone's on edge. So I try not to be that guy. And I think that he does too. So uh, paying some homage today to Mr. Jack Arnold from the wonder years. What about you? Yeah. So I've got, I, when I you when you asked me to be on, I sat down and thought, okay, like, who who is my TV dad? But I I was struggling, so but I was struggling because I had so many. So I've got a a quick top five for you. Okay. Um, and so uh, number five is my man Murray Goldberg. Um, yeah. You and I have talked about Murray before. Love love Murray. He tries to be that hard ass kind of dad, but. He's really a big softy and always caves uh, at the end of the day. And I think I'm, I'm a lot that way. Um, here's one that I thought was, you know, it popped in my head and I thought, man, I don't know, but stay with me on this. Walter White at number four. Okay. Now, well, okay. I know, you know, I know he was a drug dealer and you know, <laughs> made drugs, but if you really think about it, he did it all for his family because he, he knew or he thought he was going to be on his way out uh, because of cancer, couldn't afford it, wanted to be able to take care of his family. So he really sacrificed it all for his family. So I think that part is pretty cool. And then Brian Cranston also played Hal Wilkerson. Uh, oh, yeah. From, yeah. So you can't, you know, that was kind of a, t a two for one there. Um, well, I got to comment on that one because yeah. we need to clear something up right now because number one, the number one answer we get is Al Bundy. So morality is out the window when we're selecting our TV dad. So do not in any way feel bad about Walter White because it, it, it always amazes me how many people go to Al Bundy. And I don't know if they just interpret the question or like, you know, just kind of like satire, but I find that funny. So, yeah, I need to start kind of clarifying that when we do the, the stuff on Twitter and make sure that, yeah. Good, bad, and different. It's just if, if you like them or, you know, enjoy watching Yeah, them. and – that's my thing with Al Bundy. Like, I don't know that he was a great dad, but he, he is an iconic dad. I mean, absolutely. And a buddy of mine, we were talking the other day. Um, I was telling him to listen to your podcast, and we were talking about the dad stuff. And um, I said, he said, you know, how cool would it be if Modern Family – because Jay, Jay Pritchard, you know, who's basically Ed, Ed Arnold. Is that his name, Ed Arnold? Um, that plays Al Bundy. Ed O'Neill, there you go, yeah. Um, is, you know, it's basically Al Bundy when he retired. I mean, if you really think about it, he's still grumpy. He's got the beautiful young wife, you know, all that stuff. So how cool would it have been at the end of Modern Family if all of a sudden Al wakes up and then there's Peg on one side and 
uh, Christina Applegate on, you know, like that, that would have been an awesome, awesome kind of, uh, wow TV moment there. But, um, yeah, so I thought that was interesting, but anyway, so number three, um, Jack Pearson from this is us. I don't know if you okay. have watched this is us at all. It's a tearjerker, man. I, try, I actively tried to avoid it, but I have seen a few episodes, so I know who you're talking about. That's a that's an awesome one, though. His kids, man, like the way his kids, like, you know, he is their everything. And even, you know, you know, most of the, the, the story is them going back um, to moments with him. So I think that's super cool. So number two, Uncle Phil. I love Uncle mm-hmm. Phil. He brought on Will Smith, obviously, um, into his household. What a, what a great guy doing that. Um, but he, it's always about teaching the life lessons with him. So, at number two, I got Uncle Phil. And then number one, this pays some homage to my grandfather. My grandparents raised me. Um, grew up watching this guy uh, as wholesome as it gets. Uh, Andy Taylor, a.k.a. Andy Griffiths. Nice. <laughs> well, man, I had no idea of that. And obviously, I think I, I just put, he was one of the, I think this week I did uh, Carl Winslow, Jack Arnold, um, and Andy Griffiths, and Red Foreman. So, yeah. Man, that's, yeah. <laughs> nice, your top one. Yeah, and I'm with you. I've, I have like a um, couple of things I got to touch on real quick. And this, this is great dialogue, so we can just keep going. But number one, I can definitively say that Al Bundy was a terrible father. He's completely despicable. Um, <laughs> nothing he, like if you go back to this, I'm, I have a, like kind of a, a final point with this too, because obviously I, so I have a 12-year-old daughter, if you know, listen to the podcast, you know that. So now there's just heightened awareness of like crude humor and stuff with, because she understands it. It's up. So what I'm leading to is last night I'm like Teen Wolf. Oh, you've never seen Teen Wolf. She loves when I find, you know, movies that are iconic to me. She really gets behind them. So I'm like, let's watch Teen Wolf. It's rated PG. PG, dude. Within 30 <laughs> minutes, they said the, the they use the D word, not damn. GD multiple times. We're wow. basically like stealing kegs, throwing jello down girls' shirts. Um, and there was one really, really terrible thing that I couldn't believe. But I'm like PG, so it, it was just nuts. Like, you know, what we thought in the 80s and 90s kind of was like pushing the envelope, I think, compared to now. Because some of that stuff, man, in cancel culture would just be... Another good example is King of the Hill. I've been watching King of the Hill a lot lately. And man, there is zero chance that show could be on now. It is- yeah, it's, and it's crazy how many Disney movies, like the... like like. Uh, Snow White and some of those. I mean, it's like, it's amazing some of the stuff that they say and that they do and all that compared to the way that things are now. I mean, it's it's just, it, it, it makes you really think like, well, it's kind of no wonder that the old get off my lawn people look at, you know, people our age so, you know, so weird because uh, they just, we can't relate almost. Agreed. All right. Well, I know I want to hear about your family because I definitely know zero about that. We can talk a little bit about COVID coping like we always do here about some, you know, people that were important in your life growing up. You've already mentioned your grandparents. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. But before we do that, let's get a little break in for our sponsors. All right, and we're back on the Kentucky Dad Podcast. Big Blue Drew, Kaylin Harris here from the Cat Scam Podcast with us today. So, man, just tell me about the makeup of your family. Like, your what does the Harris household look like? Yeah, so been married. My, my wife and I dated for six years before we got engaged, and then we've been married since 2012. So I guess eight years now. Um, 
I have, I'm old. I'm 30, I'm 39. Um, and I've got a five year old and a 16 month old right now, both girls. Um, Anna Lee Grace is the, f- the five year old. She's supposed to start kindergarten in the fall. That's going to be crazy. Um, with, with everything going on. And then, uh, Marin Rose is my 16 month old and they couldn't be any more different as far as kids go and personalities and, uh, demeanor and those kinds of things. So it's, it's a challenge, but it's, it's awesome. I didn't know you had a 16 month old. I have a, I guess, 17 month old. My son's birthday was, uh, February 24th. Oh, yeah. Hers is uh, March 12th. So, yeah, real close. Yeah, very, very close. Neat, man. I know boys are crazy. Man, I say this every episode, but it's just so, like, important in my life because it's always something. We're just trying to keep this boy, like, out of the emergency room, man. It is so much <laughs> different than my girl. Like, got the phone call the day from daycare that, I mean, he just smashed his face on some stairs and definitely have a black eye, bruised forehead. And, I mean, it's like – he smashes his hand and he just laughs at the pain. Like he's just, it's so different. So I'm really working on uh, my nerves with that and just kind of come into the realization that no matter what I do, he's going to keep getting injured and he's a monster. So I love him, but yeah, definitely a, a interesting stage. And you mentioned your, um, your oldest daughter too. And that, that it kind of just bothers me, man. It bothers me. The kids that were in the class of 2020 um, for high school and eighth grade, and then now the incoming kindergartners, which uh, my nephew, we were just talking about it last night with my brother. He's an incoming kindergartner. And man, that's like the biggest, you know, coming to, a, you know, your adult life or moment or whatever, you know, like starting kindergarten, every kid's scared. The parents are scared. So for it to disrupt that, and especially, you know, they're definitely probably not going to get the traditional first day, first week, first month, first year of school. That kind of stinks. So I'll be thinking about you guys this, uh, this fall. Yeah, appreciate it, man. We we were, my wife and I, when they announced last week, I mean, we understand it 100% and, you know, it's it's probably the right move to start, you know, start online basically. But yeah, we were, we were kind of down. I mean, we, we didn't act that way to her. We tried to be like, oh yeah, so it's going to be pretty cool. You're going to be the first kindergarten class ever to start, you know, online. We're trying to make a positive out of it, you know, so she's. That's she a good thing to way to look at it. Yeah, I mean, it's what we try to do. It's 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 hard, man. It's like for me, there's too much. Um, there's too much normal stress in an everyday life, you know. Even for a five year old, and I don't want to add any. I want to take as much of that away from her as I can. So, I constantly try not to like project my disappointment about something else, or if I'm aggravated or whatever. I try really hard. It's it's it's. I mean, I don't always succeed as you probably can relate, but, uh, yeah, I think that's really important to always try to be like conscious of that because I want her to try to figure everything out as well as she can and excel and do those kinds of things without having to worry about stuff. I don't, you know, there's always going to be enough of that around. So, uh, try to make positives, man, when we can. That's a good, great way to look at it. I know I pretty much beat myself up for one interaction where I fail at that every night in bed. And it's, I at least have consciousness of it. And it's something I'm always working on for sure. And it does, it stinks, man, because with your, your oldest, like, what are you going to, you know, you can't really learn much from kindergarten online. Like that's the whole point of kindergarten is you, you know, you overcome your fear. You walk in that room and, you know, you have some very important independence. So 
I think they'll probably try to get some of that done for sure before the year's over. And like you said, I mean, they got to do what they got to do. No one's ever been through this. They don't they don't know how every kid's going to react or how things are going to play out. So, And who knows, man? The situation is just so fluid. It's like, I feel like every two weeks, you could argue things are going to go one way or the other. But let me get your take on this, though, because I know I said you probably have, you know, contacts and people that you talk to and stuff. Like, the SEC seems to be kind of holding their cards close to their chest over any conference. Like, what's your confidence level and what do you think the format of, like, football will be? Yeah, I think they're – I mean, I feel – here's what I think is going to happen. I think they're going to move the start of the season back two weeks. Okay, start it like third week, essentially third weekend of September to try to give it a couple more weeks. I think that right now that's what I think. And then um, I think they're probably going to do maybe 10 conference games um, and then leave an open date at the end to try to figure out, okay, can we do this out of conference game? I mean, and if we do, you know, what are the parameters going to be? Like, will you have to stay in state like Kentucky? Louisville, that works. Georgia, Georgia Tech, that works. Um, you know, Florida State and Florida, that works. I mean, there's a lot of those that are built in anyway, kind of in that rivalry week. Um, so I think I think that's kind of from everything I've heard and, you know, reading some tea leaves, I think that's probably the most likely scenario at this point. Um, but it, like you said, it's just so fluid, man. I mean, there's just so many moving parts with all this and it could be completely different in two days uh, than it is now. Good, bad, good or bad. Good perspective, and I kind of just broke my rule there. I tend to try not to ask a direct sports question, but I really wanted to get your opinion on that. And I, I think you're spot on on everything. I think all that's logical. And But who knows where we'll be, you know, in, in mid-August or so. But get back to the family stuff. So what about, uh, every, you know, this is everything's a COVID podcast, really. So how have you guys been coping with COVID in, in the house and looking for ways to keep your sanity? Yeah, so it's it's been interesting, man. We've we've got a really good. I'll, I'll say this first. We've got a really good neighborhood that we're in. Um, there are probably oh ten kids between the ages of seven and you know four or three years old, and so we've had five kids on our street take the training wheels off their bike during like the quarantine from you know the end of March until now. So that's been really cool to see. Um, every night, I mean, this is kind of how we've coped. Um, every night, six or seven different families will take our chairs, our tailgate chairs, basically to the end of our driveway. Each person will be in you know, their own driveway and we sit there and the kids play and we talk to each other kind of across the road or, you know, next door or whatever. And so that I don't, without that, I don't know what we would have done. Um, it would have been insane. I, I don't, I don't know what we would have done, but so that's been really nice. Um, because the kids are, I mean, the kid, kids are kids. They're, they're wild. You can only keep them inside so long and then you've got to just, you know, it's like that, uh, wild dog. You just got to let it get out and run sometimes. So, um, same way with them. It's been, it's been awesome to get them out. We've watched a lot of movies. Uh, we've tried to limit, you know, we've tried to be pretty diligent in limiting, like letting her get on the iPad and do those kinds of things because some of that's great. And I don't judge anybody that does that because you got to do what you got to do in the heat of battle. Um, but we've tried really hard to, to limit that as much as possible and, uh, to try to like redirect 
to something else. But uh, it's been a challenge, man. I mean, it's been it's been a challenge. It's been I'll look back on this. I think I've said this to other people and be so thankful that I got to spend so much time with with my kids, you know, during all this. Um, you know, we started out as a 12 month old, you know, she just turned one when all this started happening. Um, and I've gotten to spend four months with her that I never would have gotten to spend with her basically. And then, um, right before kindergarten with my five-year-old, uh, it's kind of the same scenario. So uh, it's, it's been, it's been stressful, but it's been pretty awesome at the same time. I mean, it's, you know, we're pretty blessed. That's nice, man. It's really good you have that neighborhood support. I'm kind of the exact opposite. We live in more like an urban area, I guess, so we definitely don't network too much outside of our four walls. But real quick, man, and we'll start wrapping up. That was good stuff on COVID coping, too. Good for you guys. Um, Just real quick, man, if you just want to hit on, I always like people to give them an opportunity to just um, talk about father figures in their life. You already mentioned your grandparents and just really, I guess, anybody that kind of shaped you into the dad that you are today. Yeah. I mean, my grandfather was a big, a big part of that. Um, you know, I moved in with my grandparents when I was probably 10 years old. Um, and he, he was, the, <laughs> he was great, man. He, he passed away. I don't know, I guess 2012. Yeah. Um, but he, he was great. He always would, he was kind of reminds me of Murray. I think that's why I like Murray he'd always put up this front that like, Oh no, we can't do that. Don't want to do that. But then he always would end up doing it. Here's, here's a quick example of that. Like I remember I played in the steamboat classic down in Memphis and I was upset because we had gotten beat out of the tournament, but the bus wasn't going to leave until the next day. Well, the WWF at the time, WWE now obviously was going to be in Huntington, which is only about an hour and 30 minutes from Prestonsburg. Well, I had a buddy that was going back home and I could ride with he and his dad. And I thought, you know what? This is my chance, man. I can ride with them, get back a day early, get back in time. I've just got to talk Papa into taking me to see the wrestling. I knew it was going to be an uphill battle, but I said, got home. Y'all came home early. Papa was just hoping maybe we could go. No, nah, I don't want, I don't want to mess with that. I don't want to do that. Oh, come on. It'd be fun. Blah, blah, blah. You know, 30 minutes later, he's like, all right, well, go get your clothes. I guess we're going to go, you know, but he, he enjoyed it, loved every minute of it, you know, all that stuff. But he would always try to act like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to hold on to the last minute that I'm going to cave. And um, I don't know, man, he just, he, he was a drug and alcohol abuse counselor. Um, you know, he had problems with alcohol when he was, uh, before I was born, uh, you know, when he was, you know, growing up, I guess, from, you know, his teens until his 30s or 40s. Um, so I never knew that part of him. But, you know, at Christmas time, he would get packages and letters and stuff from all over the country. People saying, hey, you saved my life. You changed my life. You know, things like that. So I always knew that I wanted to be that type of person, like that could impact people's lives, you know, in that way. So that's that's kind of how I've always tried to live. I've always tried to, you know, have an open ear to people and always tried to hug people when they need hugged and, and, and that kind of stuff. So he, he was a huge influence on me, no question about it. 
Good for you, man. And it's, it's a great to see the man that you've developed into. Again, I didn't know anything about your, you know, your coaching career and stuff. I'm definitely going to hit you up, actually learn more about that and trying to see more local sports around the state too. I always am so bogged up with, you know, covering UK and doing that stuff. I haven't had a chance to do a lot of that, but we always ended on dad jokes, brother. So um, I'll let you lead off on this one. All right, man. So I've got, I've got two, one is a two-parter um, and, then, and then another one. Um, so, how do you catch a unique rabbit? How's that? Unique up on it. <laughs> how do you catch a tame rabbit? How's that? The tame way. <laughs> and then here, here's one that I actually like. I actually, I mean, it's corny, but I actually really like. Um, so, a vow saves another vow's life. The other vow says, A.E., I owe you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well done well done there's always a good one uh man i feel bad because i feel like i had a couple that i wanted to and now i've lost them so i'm just gonna throw a random one on here today i found a loophole while wearing my mask it goes around the ear that's a that's a pretty <laughs> applicable one it says uh, today i had my photo taken with rem that's me in the corner <laughs> <laughs> that's really bad one that one's so terrible. ridiculous yeah, that so one's ridiculous. terrible Hold on, I have one last one. I gotta redeem myself. These have been uh these have been really, really awful. Um, hey officer, how did the hackers escape? You know that one? No. They ran somewhere. <laughs> okay, that was that was at least a little better. I, that was that was horrible. I might even have to edit some of those out. Those were so bad. I feel disappointed in, in my effort. I, I had one prepared, but good for you for being prepared, man. You always are. So Thanks so much for coming on, man. I think we'll definitely catch up in the future for sure. Yeah, I look forward to it, man. I, I enjoy coming on and love love the work that you do here with this and with, with all the other stuff you do. You're a, you're a guy that I think does things the right way, and I'm a big fan, so appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man, Ken, that means a lot to me. It really does, and hopefully we'll get back to, to covering some real sports. And then after that, we'll definitely get you on. We'll get you on the maybe the Cats by 90 podcast too. And, and I'd love to jump on the Cats Cam podcast too. So if you're not listening to that, do that. It's the Cash Cam Podcast with the K. Um, Travis and them always bring good stuff. So thanks again, Kayla, and we will definitely talk soon, man. Thank you, brother. Take care.